Today's episode is sponsored by the American Chemistry Council. Chemistry creates, America competes. I want to tell you the story about Jaisal Correa. He was an up-and-coming young star in the Democratic Party in Massachusetts. In Fall River, the new mayor-elect is getting ready to take over in a couple of months. It was first breaking last night at 10 and 11. Jaisal Correa, who is only 23, beat incumbent Mayor Sam Sutter. He was a young person of color, didn't really fit the normal, you know, old white guy, mayor of this Massachusetts town sort of um, image. And he was really seen as someone who could revitalize a town that had been struggling economically. Mayor J. Seal Carrera just unveiled plans for a substance abuse prevention initiative. It's a joint effort between Fall River Police, city schools, and health officials. Plan is focused on education, prevention, and treatment of the growing public health issue. And in the span of a few years, he was arrested by federal agents. Correa has been charged with extorting vendors for legal marijuana shops. He was led away in handcuffs this morning as an Eyewitness News viewer recorded video. Accused him of soliciting bribes in exchange for marijuana permits. The mayor Correa simply showed up at a would-be marijuana vendor's place of business and asked him directly for a quarter million dollar uh, payment in exchange for a non-opposition letter. And that's not something you see every day. His case is sort of emblematic of, you know, what can go wrong when a state legalizes marijuana and gives a lot of power to local authorities to determine what businesses get licensed to even operate in the industry. I'm Jeremy Siegel. This is Politico Dispatch. And today... Since I wrote that corruption story, I have gotten so many tips about local corruption, and I can't follow up on them all. So I think that these things are happening a lot more than we know about. Mona Zhang joins me for our series on how marijuana laws are reshaping society in unexpected ways. Part two, ripe for corruption. Massachusetts legalized marijuana at the ballot box. You know, voters voted on a legalization amendment in 2016, and it passed. As of midnight, recreational marijuana use is now legal in Massachusetts, but there's still plenty of restrictions. Most of the time when a state legalizes marijuana, whether through the legislature or at the ballot box, there is a fair amount of local control. Mm -hmm. You know, local communities can opt out. Local communities can decide where and how these businesses are located within their borders. And so Massachusetts wasn't any different. It gave wide leeway to local authorities to be able to decide which which marijuana businesses to host. But what the drafters of the legalization amendment didn't foresee was how this could benefit well-heeled companies and also obviously create a system where there is an incentive for corruption. Today we have unsealed additional federal charges against Mayor Correa for extorting hundreds of thousands of dollars from private citizens trying to set up marijuana dispensaries under state law, extorting a building owner for cash and a Rolex watch. The U.S. attorney says he was running his office like his own personal ATM, taking as much as $600,000 in cash total in exchange for giving would-be pot shop owners letters of no opposition. Now, that's something they would need in order to open up a pot shop in the city. 
Um, there are a very limited number of cannabis licenses, and they are very lucrative. And so unscrupulous local officials end up like Korea soliciting bribes in exchange for these um, in Massachusetts they're called host community agreements Mm -hmm. and a marijuana business needs the blessing of the neighborhood where they're locating in to be able to get a state license. And to be clear the reason that states are giving local control is is so that if an individual community doesn't want to have weed sales they could still opt out or something but that can, as you're reporting, give an opportunity for some problems. Yes. Yeah. Hmm. And so that sort of creates this environment where, you know, is ripe for corruption. You mentioned that other states have laws like these on the books, like Massachusetts. Are we seeing corruption or the opportunity for corruption pop up in other places? Um, We've seen it a lot on the West Coast in California. Um, A lot of local officials have either been, you know, charged with federal corruption offenses or there have been allegations in court, even if they didn't necessarily stick. L.A. City Councilman Jose Huizar has been arrested amid a city hall corruption probe. CBS 2's Candace Corona is live outside of his... A lot of these are on the local level, but there have been allegations on the state level, Hmm. especially in states that limit the number of marijuana licenses statewide, you Mm -hmm. know, Arkansas, Missouri, these are states with medical marijuana programs that have a limited number of licenses. We are learning new information about an attempt to bribe an Arkansas medical marijuana commissioner. That bribe would have been in exchange for a high score to legally be able to grow pot. In Arkansas, for example, it's like five medical marijuana commissioners who are scoring the license applications. And whenever you have a situation where it's merit-based scoring, It opens up all sorts of questions. Who decides what companies have the merit to get one of these licenses? Mm -hmm. But I think the other notable thing is just the the appearance of corruption. In Missouri, you know, Governor Mike Parson, his administration was the target of uh, law enforcement and legislative investigations into the rollout of the medical marijuana program. And, you know, I don't want to say that the administration was corrupt because it's never, you know, wasn't proven in a court of law or anything like that. But one lawmaker I talked to there said, you know, just the appearance of corruption is very problematic for the industry mm. and and for the government in rolling something like this out. It's interesting. This all kind of reminds me of like the early days of gambling in Vegas in a way. Does that ring true for you? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I guess they all fall under the category of vice industries. And I think with um, a lot of other vice industries, gambling included, you now have this uh, history of regulation and there are norms established. And with marijuana, you know, people are still trying to figure it out. There, there isn't this history of norms and regulations. So it, I do think that's an apt analogy. Are there any states that have been able to avoid this, that have done it right, or at least been able to avoid corruption and the appearance of it? Yeah, I mean, Oklahoma is one example that a lot of advocates and entrepreneurs will point to because they don't have a license cap. Hmm. And so when you remove the license cap, if anybody can get a license, then that creates, you know, less of an opportunity for corruption. 
But that comes with its own problems. You know, there are concerns that the market is going to be oversaturated and there's like, you know, a lot of (laughs) dispensaries, Uh probably too many dispensaries for the population of Oklahoma. And then the other example of policies aimed at, you know, preventing corruption issues is uh, states like Arizona. They have a lottery system. Hmm. So instead of like, you know, some commissioners deciding who gets a license and who doesn't, it's by lottery. You know, lotteries don't necessarily completely prevent corruption, but they do seem to uh, not have the same sorts of problems as states that have these license caps and merit-based licensing. This has been a year where more and more states are legalizing weed. New York, Virginia, New Mexico, to name a few recently. This list keeps getting longer. Is this an issue you are expecting to see more of? I do expect to see more of it, and a lot of it will depend on how these laws are implemented. New York, for example, it's going to be a huge market, but there isn't anything in the legalization law that talks about license caps or how the licenses will get awarded. That's going to be up to the regulators. Oh, wow. So in in New York, we really don't know what things are going to be like and if we could see a system that's conducive to corruption. Correct. Yeah. I think it all depends on how the law gets implemented. Will the regulators decide to cap the licenses? How will they decide to award the licenses? These are all open questions for New York. Mm. For the states that have already legalized and implemented laws and have seen this problem with corruption, with bribes and all, should they have seen this coming? Um, I think in hindsight, yes, they should have seen it coming. Um, I think that, uh, it, you know, it's obvious in hindsight that this sort of policymaking would create this sort of a situation. Um, but I don't know. I also think that, you know, marijuana legalization was a very new type of policy not so long ago. And, um, you know, people couldn't anticipate what problems might have arisen, even if they were very well-intentioned. And Shalene Title, who's a former uh, cannabis regulator in Massachusetts, you know, she was probably the only marijuana activist who drafted an amendment to legalize marijuana and also was put in charge of implementing the legalization law. And, you know, they they did not foresee this corruption issue happening. And, you know, she said in hindsight, it was it was the biggest mistake that they made and, and she would have done it differently. How much of this is because of the fact that weed isn't legal federally? Like, is this the result of a lack of federal regulation and it kind of being like the wild, wild west where states are deciding the rules of it all without guidance? I think that is definitely an element of it. You know, the fact that it is not legal at the federal level makes the industry a lot more risky than other traditional industries. And I think that the marijuana industry does... I mean, not that there aren't very responsible operators, but there are also a lot of bad actors. So that's an element of it. But I think, you know, there are obviously examples of states that have voided these corruption issues and how you decide to structure the market, how you license businesses has a large part to do with it. Mona Jong, thanks so much for talking with me. Thanks so much for having me, Jeremy. This episode was the second in a two-part series about the unintended consequences of marijuana legalization laws. So check your feeds for part one, which aired yesterday. 
The Politico Dispatch production team includes senior producer Jenny Ament and executive producer Irene Noguchi. And just a heads up, over the next couple days, we're going to be replaying a couple awesome episodes from the past year that you might have missed. And on Friday, we're presenting a new episode of Politico's weekly politics podcast, Playbook Deep Dive. I'm Jeremy Siegel. Thanks for listening.